Alrighty, folks, it's uh, time now for episode 23 of the General Knowledge Podcast. You are here, of course, with myself, Lee General Maddox from realnewsaustralia.com. Today on the episode, I am joined with my uh, good mate, Andy. Andy, how are you going, brother? Very good. Thanks, General. Yes, yes, doing fine. Back from the jungle uh, yeah, last night, actually, so I'm, uh, I'm all fired up. Beautiful. And uh, we haven't got Ethan with us on this episode. We, uh, we had him lined up, and... Uh, apparently, someone close by to his home is knocked into a power pole, and he's gone back to the dark, the, you know, to the dark ages, and he's got no power at home. So uh, he's going to have to break out the uh, the solar power gear and try and get online as quick as he can, <laughs> which I don't think is going to happen. So we'll we might have to get uh, Ethan uh, lined up for the next one, of course. But uh, so it's got yourself, Andy, and me, and we've got our guest with us today, who is the new president of the Australian. Vaccination Risks Network, Anita Huffmeister. How are you going, Anita? I'm going very well. Oh, thank you for having me on. No worries. Thanks for joining us. And uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty full on times at the moment. But uh, before we get too into the whole vaccine debacle uh, and everything that it, uh, that it includes, that we'll, we might just um, introduce people to, to who you are, because I'm sure there's probably uh, quite a few people who follow uh, you know, our website, Ethan's, uh, the a- even the AVNs, and um, yeah, maybe they're not actually sure of, uh, of the changing of the guard uh, into your hands. So, Anita, if we could just let, uh, let the listeners know, who is Anita Halfmeister, um, you know, why you're a part of the AVN, how you got involved, um, you know, a bit of your background, and I guess, um, you know, sort of tie in, I guess, your, your passion for this, um, you know, talking about vaccination risks and awareness. Okay, well, you probably tell from my country accent. Um, I was uh, I was raised on a beef cattle property in North Queensland near Charters Towers. Oh yeah. Um, we lived not we lived not very far away from a tiny little town called Homestead. It doesn't even have a pub. That's how tiny a, a town it is. <laughs> um, and I attended a one room a one room school there. Um, and it was great because our our property boundary was right near the town. So we used to actually ride our mo- little motorbikes to school every day. And when I was about 12, I used to drive the family car to school, which you well and truly couldn't do now, but those were the days. Um, I grew awesome. up thinking that vaccines were safe and effective. Um, I, I, I never had cause to reason they weren't for a long time. I've actually given a lot of vaccines because I've administered them, the, administered them to cattle. I would have administered thousands and thousands of vaccines to to calves and cows over my time. Yeah, wow. Um, I went, yeah, and they're loaded with ethyl mercury, I find now, so that's a little <laughs> horrific. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, uh, then I, after that, I attended boarding school in Charters Towers, and that's probably where I first started questioning vaccines because, ironically, we had a school nurse who lived on the campus with her husband and her daughter, and her daughter was in her early 20s, but she was disabled and it turned out she had been vaccine damaged as a young child by the DTP vaccine I believe it was oh, wow. and she she required full-time care um, so basically her father was her full-time carer she was she was sort of functional at the level of about a five-year-old child I suppose and as much as everyone used to say to me oh yes but that's rare I used to look at her around the campus all the time and I used to think well okay it's rare but what if it's your child you know if that's your child that's that's your whole life so as much as I still believe vaccines were effective at that point I already had so I already knew they, they could be dangerous for someone even if it was rare and I could see what that looked like and that really I think I was a real pessimist then too and I thought you know what that would probably be my kid that would be my luck that would be my kid so that stuck in the back of the, my mind and then in I think it was in 1998 there was an Australian story episode on Wayne Bennett and that was when I discovered that his son Justin had been vaccine injured mm. and that's sort of and I thought well that's two you know that's two people just you know for this thing that's so rare that never happens really I thought okay that's interesting so I tucked that away so I always just had that little bad feeling about vaccines so I went on and I did a Bachelor of Animal Science at James Cook University. So I did a science degree, which um, which I was very, very glad for now because, um, yeah, you know, I, I did the classes in, you know, all the like microbiology and pathobiology oh, yeah. and epidemiology and, you know, all those, all those sorts of classes. So that was interesting from the inside. 
And then I married pretty much two years after I, I graduated uni and I became pregnant with my first child. And I, I just still had that really bad feeling about vaccines, just just mummy instinct. I hadn't done any research at that stage, but, you know, I still, you know, I always did what I was told. So they said, you know, you have to give your baby the hep B at birth and the vitamin K. So when I had my first child, um, she had was normal delivery. It was beautiful. She was fine. She attached straight to the breast. And then they took her away to give her the hepatitis B vaccine and the vitamin K. And when she came back, she sort of started making these little mewling sort of sounds. And she just wouldn't settle. And she had a hard time latching. And, yeah, she just wasn't right. And for the first few weeks of all her life, all she did was scream and projectile vomit. So basically she would scream for hours and I'd finally get her attached and feed her again and then she'd she'd projectile vomit again. And I just I just thought I was a really bad mum. I just, you know, because babies do cry and they do spit up apparently. But I, I look back now, I know that was probably encephalitis reaction to the hepatitis B vaccine that was not normal what she went through but at that time I still hadn't connected the dots that that's what had happened to her I just knew I had a really bad feeling and I knew I didn't want to give her any more vaccines and I was very very fortunate that a family friend gave me a copy of the book vaccination roulette which was put out by the AVN and I just devoured that book and I couldn't believe what I was reading so I, uh, I found the AVN and I became a member and I bought every book they had and I probably bought all the books they had about four times over because I started sending them to all the pregnant mums that I knew and yeah my, my daughter didn't get any more vaccines and I've had three more children and they haven't had any vaccines or or vitamin k so that was how I found the AVN um, and after you know reading all those books and stuff I just started getting well, I was shocked at first, as most people are, when you when you find out all these things about vaccines, about the corruption and about the lack of science and about just the sheer amount of damage that is out there. Um, so, yeah, in about, I think it was 2014, I went and met Meryl. My family and I were down at an unschooling conference on the coast. And I thought, well, close enough. I actually want to go and meet Meryl Dory. So we actually went and stayed with her for a few days. And it was fabulous, and we struck up a great friendship because we're both farmers' wives, I guess. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, and in 2014, I joined the AVN committee, and I know probably a lot of people haven't heard of me before now, but I was quite happy to just be in the background doing the work. Really, um, I you know I, I don't mind doing the admin and and the, the boots on the ground stuff. Um, so because I mean, Meryl is such a great great fount of knowledge at the top mm, and um, it's big mm. shoes to fill to try and take this on but Meryl did want to step down to have a so she can focus on other things really she's doing this under the wire for us now so really it's so Meryl can take a step back and yeah I'm stepping up and it, it is a bit daunting but I mean I don't know I can't sleep at night if I don't do everything I can because you know there's I look at it this way. There are so many families out there who spend their days looking after vaccine-injured children and they just don't have the time and resources to be as active as they want. They can't physically do it. And because other people put their stories forward and put information forward, I have the luxury of having healthy neurotypical kids and, you know, you've got to pay that forward. You've got to do what you can. So, yeah, that's basically how I ended up as president of the AVN. Well, there you go. That's awesome. Thanks for letting us know. And uh, yeah, you're absolutely right with um, a lot of those comments uh, as well, Anita. You know, we're, it's it's literally an uphill uphill battle. Um, constantly, you constantly, you know, in the back of your mind, you you you, you keep questioning yourself: Have I done enough today? You know, oh, did, I, did I post information about this? Have I look? Have I researched this? And there's just so you wish you had three more brains and, and a few more hands to work to make sure you had it all done, don't you? Yeah, it's um, it's very time consuming doing the sort of things that we do with regards to this sort of stuff. Um, now we've got, I think it was back in twenty, geez, when was it twenty sixteen? I think it was. Yeah, so December sixth, twenty sixteen was when Vaxed, the first movie Vaxed, was brought to Australia. Um, yeah, hard to believe it's that long ago. Actually, it's quite a while ago now. It feels like it only came out yeah. like a year ago, but yeah, it was um, nearly three years ago actually. And there is a second one in the making, and it's hopefully going to be released later this year. Uh, Vaxed 2.0, it's called, and 
we actually had the pleasure of Andy and I. Andy was played a real big part in in getting that first screening here in Brisbane um, of of the Vax movie because of all the you know the pressure and everything else trying to get that movie shown to the public. So uh, Andy Andy played a big part, didn't you, Andy, in getting that one uh, to the yeah, people? It yeah, crazy. it was crazy. Oh, we we were both like. We were both outraged when um, Vaxed, uh, a group attempted to play Vaxed in that first cinema in Victoria. Uh, the name eludes me at the moment. Um, it was the Castle Main Theatre, was it? Something like that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was something like There was like a country, small country theatre. Yeah. And, and, and a good group like um, brought it in and set it all up. And then the, the trolls went on this insane attack on these people. And uh, and it was, and it really opened up my eyes at the time as the level of hate coming out of these people um, for daring to screen a, a movie, you know, like anyone would, would, you know, think that there was a like a live human sacrifice on, on an altar or something like the way that the, the carry on and stuff, and that's that's that was kind of like my turning point with the whole vaccine debate. Yeah, it was the it was actually called the Cliff Film Festival in Castlemaine, Victoria. Um, That's right. Yeah, That's so, right. And it was forced; they were forced to take it off the bill due to a, and I quote, campaign of highly coordinated abuse and intimidation. So that's mm. that's the sort of thing that we're dealing with here, folks, in terms of the the pro vax trolls and you know this those pro skeptic type communities that are very very well funded and organized i would say um in terms of putting up roadblocks for for people like anita here and 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 you're representing these groups known as the avn we're literally just trying to increase awareness and bring this information to light that um no they aren't safe and effective and we are being lied to and we are being propagandized constantly speaking of which um actually before we move on to that just quick just quickly anita um is there anything you can uh, tell us about Vaxed 2.0? Like, uh, is the AVN doing anything here or abroad uh, in terms of that film release? We will be doing screenings here, yeah. It's it's Vaxed 2, The People's Truth. Um, yeah, you can see the trailer online. Yeah, we will absolutely be bringing screenings when when the film is released. But as I said, it's it doesn't have an official release date yet, so we can only work from that. But no, we will. we hope it's by the end of the year. And yeah, we'll be bringing screenings to people as, as soon as we can. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, it does. There's a lot of lot of organising in the background with a lot of this sort of stuff. Vax yeah. One took a hell of a lot of many many hours of organising, and then and you know there's film rights and, and financial concerns and, and a lot of things that go into bringing a film to a country. So yeah, yeah. It, um, it'll be exciting. We're I'm so looking forward to, you know, like doing it all over again. So it was such yeah. Vax Vax 1.0 was such a you know, it was such a challenge like in the early days, like for the first few films and stuff and like we got kicked out of and banned just about like any any of the, the cinema major cinemas and the and the the public government run stuff were all like demonizing us and all of that sort of thing. And, you know, eventually we <laughs> to start off we were chased into small church group halls and stuff like that too. So Yeah, well, remember we were kicked out of um, the Kingston Butter Factory here in, in Logan yeah, yeah. Where, where we live, Andy, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, it was so ridiculous. It was all yeah. booked in, everything else, and then they got pressured by their, what well, was a government building, government, you know, run building, but um, like me, um, performing arts complex. But, you know, then they got wind, the councillors got wind of what we were trying to do there and quickly made them pull the plug on us. So that was really annoying. Okay. Uh, yeah. Anyway, to this to this day, we still don't know it's, how they it's actually just ridiculous. got the information. It was a it was a secret private event, a private like thing, and and yet like in this country, you know, there's such you know, controls on on everything. I we, mean, yeah, where are we? Are we are we in China? Are we? I mean, is that where we are? You know, I don't, I don't I mean, think even China's that regulated. Well, you, you you ask any Chinese student if they know anything about the Tiananmen Square massacre and they'll be like, huh? You know, I mean, like that's been com- completely scrubbed from any search engines on, in their internet and uh, any libraries. You yeah. know, they, they can't research that at all. But it's the same sort of thing. It's just that control of information. 
if they feel they can control that flow of information, then they can control the public. Um, so, yeah, what I wanted to, to refer to before with regards to propagandizing us, I mean, it, we're, we're constantly, especially with, you know, and I hate using this term, but the, in, in, in air quotes, flu season that's upon us, um, which I hate calling it the flu season, but, you know, since when is there a season for flu? But anyway, um, yeah, we're, we're in this time of year when, yeah, people do get a bit crook because they get, you know, uh, less sunlight basically and that's I, I would refer to it as a probably a low light time of year not a flu season anyway but um yeah people do get a bit more crook and then of course uh, the 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 media outlets absolutely hype it up to just unbelievable proportions with regards to oh there's you know thousands and thousands of people dying because of the flu you must go and get your flu shots you know like and then they'll say things like oh flu shots are, are you know are running out you know you better get in quick and they have this artificial scarcity which they try and get people to um, to be more more uh, fear mongering so that they go and get their their vaccines you know because they, they believe that that's going to help them not get the flu but you go onto any of these things that they push especially on social media when you see like channel 7 or whatever put something up about flu shots you watch and you read all the comments of all the people going i got a flu shot this year maybe i was never never been so sick in my life you know like never getting it again and there's hundreds of people commenting those same sort of things but i mean when you got you know, actual sit-down TV shows like Studio 10 pushing out this propaganda once again. Um, well, I'll, I'll let Anita just talk about the, the most recent spate that they uh, have forced on us with regards to this, uh, this this propaganda from Studio 10. I think it was re- with regards to um, women, uh, pregnant women getting vac- vaccinated. Is that right, Anita? Yeah, yeah, and like banning people from the baby. Like if... if- if you don't have your shot, ridiculous. you're not seeing Just the baby. Ridiculous. Basically, if you don't get your your vaccines, but but the push, the really dangerous part of that segment was how much they were pushing the the pregnancy vaccines, you know, and with you know just. Just no regard for any side effects or anything or the lack of testing or the testing that does exist, you know, that you talks about on the insert saying, you know, there is risk of miscarriage and things. And, you know, it's it's just not even mentioned. It's just... You know, and they're mocking people that choose not to vaccinate. It was just, if yeah, if you watch the Studio 10 piece, it was absolutely vile with the advice they gave to pregnant women with no regard for, for safety whatsoever and just purely mocking anyone who would dare challenge that mindset. It was just, it was disgusting. And I'm so glad Meryl and Tristan and Alona did a, a piece about it too to put some facts in there because it it's stunning. It is stunning how the level of the media has just dropped I mean, even in the last 10 years, I mean, 10 years ago, you know, like in 2009, Meryl could at least get an appearance on, on the Sunrise show. Now that's considered false balance and, and nothing is to be uttered at all that there could even be any credence to the other side. It's yeah. just it's just out of control. It's so very, very controlled, isn't it? Like they really, really do want to have only one perspective with regards to vaccination, and that is completely for it and completely pro-vaccine. Um, nothing can be can be said about uh, how how bad they are, how they injure people, how they maim people, how they kill people, how they disable people, and you know you cannot utter any words about that on on mainstream uh, news outlets. Uh, it's all about you know oh look this poor child die and yes it's tragic when a child dies but you know oh if only they were vaccinated oh we wish we could have vaccinated them you know that would have saved their life and it's just just ridiculous i mean i just i just want to say this quickly i I put up a um a thing on our facebook page just saying we were interviewing you today on the podcast and i had a comment i said if any questions just um just ask and i had (laughs) one This, this is the kind of idiocy we're dealing with. And there's trolls that watch all of these posts, right? This idiot, his name's Alex Sapunas. He's commented and said, Considering that the life expectancy is 32 years for unvaccinated people, that is quite sad. And it's the kids that are healthy. And when they get sick, it affects them due to low immune. Like, this is the kind of idiocy we're dealing with. And I just laughed at the guy and said, what absolute rubbish. Like, it just blows I hope, I hope farmers not not paying that guy because they're wasting their money yeah you know it's ridiculous so i always go on i, I just ban morons like this from my page because it's they're not worth um, the time of day you know <laughs> anyway um i just sort of mentioned that too uh andy did you have anything in terms of uh, the propaganda or uh, anything you've seen i know you've been overseas oh. but i mean um we're constantly That's pushed right. with this sort of stuff but did you have any comments with regards to that before we move on uh 
Look, in in regards to um, like comments that you're making about the level of um, maturity with you know like news outlets and that sort of thing, I think it's sunk actually to the point of a advertising infomercial now. Oh yeah, so that's totally. that's the strong yeah. that's the strong point that I wanted to make that our news services have now sunk so low that they've that they will get. Um, money like like paid sponsorship from from pharmaceutical companies to bring it in as a news story right um and that's the strong feeling i get with all of that sort of comments so of course they're not going to bring you know anita or merrill in um you know as a representative from the avn to get a balanced point because you wouldn't do that um you know in a in a commercial like Coca-Cola advertising their product wouldn't be talking about Pepsi or something like that. You, you know what I mean? I think that's the level that we've sunk. And and also um, when they're doing the measles alerts, I have a strong feeling that the measles alerts and things like that are another paid-for infomercial type setup that are um, that that's a that's a completely paid-for ad. That, that that these um, you know news agencies and um, TV and radio have uh, basically used as a, as a as a nice um, money grab from pharmaceuticals. So I, so that's the state. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. No, I reckon it goes deeper than that. I reckon it's actually not just yes, they are definitely uh, beholden to the, like their their corporate you know masters and obviously these big companies own shares and all the media outlets as well but i reckon it's also a combination of them plus um the government and there's probably government um departments let's say not not agencies we will have departments here but who are also dealing with these big media outlets saying you need to have a pro-vaccine stance um do not have anyone on blah blah blah, you know. And th- these, this is the line of vaccine we want you to push for this particular age group, and you know, because it suits it suits their agenda as well. So mm. I think it's a combination of the two. Definitely, definitely, what you said with regards to you know big pharma funding and pushing and controlling that agenda. Um, but I think it's also the government's got a hand in that as well. Um, yeah, and lower down just- though there are. Uh, there are some journalists who who do try. Like we, the Avian has got contacted from now every now and then from producers who are who are lower down the line who want to do stories or are trying to get you know our side of the story across somehow. Yeah. But it, they go back to their their top producers and it's just vetoed every time. They just you know th- there are good people out there trying to do it and they're just not allowed to do it. So does that does that give you? I mean, when I hear that right, I. I yeah, I, I get the fact that there's, like you said, there's these low-level producers and writers and things and, and journalists that go, oh, we need to, you know, they, I reckon they're probably reading this information and seeing these things on social media because they're tapped into all this as well. And they're going, wow, we need to talk about this. And um, So then they hit you guys up, you know, for an interview or Merrill or whatever or Alona. And then um, they get bombarded with so much information that we, that, you know, you guys are just boom, boom, boom. Especially you know when you listen to Alona talk, she's handles herself very well with regards to that sort of stuff, and she's she has made it onto the air on radio before, which was good. Um, but they were really, really trying to, um, you know, control the narrative basically with with regards to her as well. But they don't want people to come and take control of that. But look, you've got these low level, like you said, low level producers and things. They get the story, they do the interviews, then it goes up the ladder for approval, and of course, like you said, it's vetoed and said no, no, no straight away. But surely. Surely, even they would know that it's going to get vetoed. You know what I mean? Like they—they they know. Like all they've got to do is try and search for recent ones that are similar, and they'll know that. Well, these there's there are no stories and things getting out. So you know, it kind of makes you wonder why would they even bother? Like why bother come to you and say? So it makes me think. Oh well, maybe they're only they're coming to you because they want to hear what we've got to say with regards to certain topics as more as more intelligence gathering rather than. Uh, genuine, a genuine, you know, belief in in putting an article to get an article together. I think it's actually more about intelligence gathering on their end, and then they're just passing that information along, going, "Here's what they've got about this topic. Here's what they've got about this topic," and then they then they go and put together a story and try and you know use that knowledge that we have to their advantage. 
I wouldn't put it past them. That's 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 what I think that they're doing in, in regards to that sort of thing. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Like they're using that information. Yeah, like they know they, it's not going to get published. What we say. Yeah, that's what I think they're Although doing. Although a lot of the information we give them is just on our website and is all just the science-backed, you know, facts that don't get shown anywhere. It's certainly not anything, you know, that's not widely known. They they get told it's just not widely reported on. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think there are mm. there probably is an element of that possibly. Some of them I think are genuinely trying. Um you know, because, I mean, there are a lot of people in the media who don't vaccinate their kids, let's face it. Mm. And a lot of the talking heads that are all made up on television, I'm pretty sure. You know, I don't approve, but I'm pretty sure a lot of them probably don't vaccinate their kids either. That's what I find quite galling at times. I remember one of those talking heads on one of the morning programs, and she um, she did it on the air. <laughs> and she was sick for like two weeks after. Oh, I laughed. Yeah. I can't remember her name. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> I thought you had that coming. Yeah, you a few, few radio jocks in Australia this year who are big on the flu shot got the flu vaccine and then have been very sick with flu. But, you yeah. know, thank goodness happened they were to, vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. Happened to Ray Hadley. Yeah, there you go. Yes, it, it did. And then they go, oh, yes, well, if, if I didn't get that shot, it, it would have been a lot worse. You know, don't you hear that oh, all the time? Hard. Fuck me. Yeah. God, I hate but when then, people say that. But then that. they've got all these flu vaccine, flu deaths this year from people who were vaccinated. So where was the benefit in that? Yeah. I couldn't understand that this year. The more the vaccine failed, the more they screamed at people to get it. Only the media can understand that logic. Yeah, it's, which, which well, kind of proves my yeah. theory about the that kind of proves my theory about the fact that it's a big one big infomercial yeah it's absolute insanity yeah. it just is and yeah you're absolutely right they, they it has failed so much and so many people are getting sick but their response is instead of oh you know they don't come out and say because they they literally can't do it because then everyone would you know you literally been pulling the wool off everyone's eyes and, and exposing themselves but you know they're literally saying, yes, it's failed, but go here. We need you to get more, get get vaccinated for another strain, or get you know, we need more people to get vaccinated because we need to then push that whole herd immunity. If everyone does it, then no one will get sick, and it's just stupid. It's 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 so it's so pathetic because it's been blown apart so many times. You know, all of their uh, all of their avenues of of trying to get everyone to to vaccinate, and all of the, the fear mongering and that stupid propaganda they push out with regards to this herd immunity stuff, it's just been blown apart so many times. It doesn't work. It's just a myth and it's a lie, um, and it's been exposed as that as well. I mean, any idiot that goes and gets a flu vaccine, you know, I actually feel sorry because my bloody parents got convinced to get the what's the um, pneumonia one? There's a Pneumovax or something it's called, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, and I warned them. I kept telling them, don't get flu shots. Don't get, you know, any any vaccines. I kept telling them all the time, you know, like it's, it's they don't work. It's, you know, get them all the information and then they get to another, they have a checkup, you know, and uh, lo and behold, the doctor, and my mum said he was really pushy and, you know, um, just, just, really trying to convince i think he sort of ended up focusing on my dad more because he thought my dad was believing it more than anything and he was just my dad's very much not along get along to go along sort of thing and um ended up getting the pneumovax vaccine so did my mum and my dad got really sick he's i'm not sure if he's okay now but he got really crook just because he had that one here brought his whole immune system down and now he's he was completely sick after that so uh, hopefully he's doing a bit better. But anyway, yeah, I said to mum, I said, well, why did you get it? I told you not to do that, you know? And they're like, well, he, he was very convincing. He, he said we needed to get it. I'm like, oh, fuck. And I feel sorry for the countless elderly and older people in our generations who are falling victim to this pressure from their GPs. And if you only ask them, you ask the GP what's in it, they will just have a blank expression on their face. I mean, do you, do you come across that as well, Anita? Do you come across the fact that a lot of these the people in the medical establishment know very little about vaccines and immunization and all that sort of stuff? Oh, they're generally clueless. Mm. And if the one, they aren't clueless, they try very hard not to agree with you because they feel like they can't. But no, I, I, well, now if I do go to a doctor, which is very rarely, the first thing I say is, have you seen vaxxed? Have, do you know about Dr. William Thompson and, you know, the fraud at the CDC? And they can't change the subject quick enough because they know they don't know. And, yeah, no, it's it's scary how much they don't know. I mean, when I had my son, that was in 2007, I had just read Evidence of Harm. So I was quite angry at that point. If A brilliant book by 
David Kirby about the ethyl mercury in the in the vaccines in the US and the terrible levels of ethyl mercury that those children are being exposed to and the big cover-up behind all that. I highly recommend that book. And anyway, I so I, I gave birth to my son in hospital and there's this young, ugh, arrogant doctor came in and was quite obstinate about me not giving my son the, the hepatitis B vaccine and he thought he was going to, to bully me into it and I could start spouting back some facts to him and he got really angry and he just ignored me and looked at my husband as if to say, come on, buddy, you need to back me up here. And my husband looked back at him as if to say, no, buddy, your fight's with her. <laughs> and he just got so angry and just he just stormed out. He didn't have any answers. He just got angry. And that's that's what they tend to do. But what's even scarier, I find, is the ones that do know. I've had one older doctor who, you know, is from the generation before all these vaccines. He, I was telling him my concerns and he actually got up checked the hallway, shut the door, sat down and said, I actually agree with you. So that was more scary that there's mm. the people in the system who are still, you know, in that system every day. I mean, I know they're probably doing what they can, but they are still perpetuating that system every day. Yeah. And there's a lot of them too, you know. Look, and yeah. I, I feel sorry for those for those people. I mean, look, ultimately they, they kind of want to do the right thing and you're right, they, they probably would do everything they can to not vaccinate people. If people are coming in going, yep, I'm here for my kids' routine vaccinations, then they've got to do it. You know what I mean? Like, they're sort of beholden mm. to that, you know. But, and I, I could be wrong by saying this, but to me, that just means that they're gutless. And uh, it, it might seem a bit harsh, but I actually think that those doctors uh, who I are, agree with you. they're actually completely gutless. And if they all <laughs> banded together and stood up together, they could not... They could not revoke all their medical licenses and all that sort of stuff from all of them because then we'll be having a massive lack of doctors in this country, you know, all of a sudden and GPs. Um, and, yeah, it will be extremely detrimental if they did that to, to the country because, they, you know, all they need to do is, is band together. And, you know, they're, they're so afraid that they're going to lose their livelihoods because they won't speak up, you know what I mean? Whereas there are a few that, that do speak up and, yes, they get... They get smashed and hounded, you know, to the ends of the earth, and you know, the, then the media comes on board and tears them a new one as well. But kudos to those people who have actually stood up and spoken their mind and 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 said something. But you know, that that really actually annoys me that you know, there's these doctors that will do that. You know, sneakily, like you said, goes and checks the hallways, closes the door, and then says, "Yeah, look, I agree with you." Like, oh, then say something, mate. You know, like. Yeah, like, and there's so many. Where's your I mean, balls, the big of, fella? Like far boards. out. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Dr. Suzanne Humphreys. I mean, she worked wa mm. walked away from a very lucrative job. You yeah. know, and good on her. At least she can sleep at night, though. You know. Yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly yeah, no, right. There's not enough at of least it. she can sleep at night, and that's the thing. You know, maybe she, or she probably doesn't sleep because she's so freaking busy. But <laughs> but she's she did it for the right reasons. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Um, I mean, if you if you take an oath as a doctor to, you know, serve and protect your patients and do the right thing for your patients, the Hippocratic then, oath thing. Yeah. Well. Whatever yeah, it it's still an oath. Though, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. So, and you truly believe that there's harm with that, then. Yeah, that's really, right. Really, you you you. Like, I mean, if if you're a doctor and you come across information that says, "Oh, wait a minute." This flu shot yeah. is actually harming all this DTAP or whatever, pardon me, whatever vaccine is, is actually harming more people than protecting at all. Then he should be ethically, ethically bound to not give it until it's proven to be harmless, you know? Correct. Yeah. But they can't do that, especially ones like this HPV vaccine, you know what I mean? And um, we listened to a few other podcasts recently with regards to HPV. Was it H... Um, Gardasil 9, the new one, it's called, I think. Is that right or not? Yes. Yeah. Yes. What it's a... got 500 micrograms of aluminium adjuvant. It's, wow. it's terrible. What? Yeah. What? It's literally just a vial of poison. You know what I mean? And, oh, um... and I mean, there's no, there's never been any proof that the cervical cancer is even caused by those viruses. You know, that's not thin stone. It's a big guess. And I mean, they never proved that the vaccine, you know, will stop cervical cancer. It was, you know, it was it was cervical lesions was what they used as their endpoint. And they were given special permission to say, well, that, you know, that's enough. We can say, it, you know, prevents cancer. They won't know that for decades. And I mean, that's what amazes me now when they go, oh, the cervical cancer rates have dropped a little bit. So, you know, all that that's the vaccine. I'm like, no, these, you know, cervical cancer usually happens in the 40s when you're over 40 and 50. Like, you won't know for decades. Meanwhile, all these girls that are that are dying 
dying and, you know, permanently disabled and having seizures and, you know, that's all just perfectly okay. No, Gardasil is just a crime against humanity, quite frankly. Yeah, it is. I mean, for those that don't know, that's that vaccine is produced by Merck, um, one of the big pharma companies. And so before that came out, before HPV vaccine Gardasil was released, um, Merck was in a lot of trouble because they had a very, very dodgy um, uh, medicine called Viox, which was killing... It's been responsible for killing a couple of hundred thousand people, that particular one. It was something to do with heart. Um, I, I don't know the exact details on this one, but... so It was a pain... It was a painkiller. Vi- but it caused heart attacks. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. It caused heart attacks. That's right. It was giving people heart attacks and killing so many people. And then they, they, they had to pull it and... Yeah, it was costing them all this money and all these this massive legal pay- payouts and stuff. So they they needed a reason. They needed to make money again. So lo and behold, they like well, let's let's create the world's first cancer vaccine. And so H the HPV vaccine, and they reckon that HPV stands for help pay for Viox. You know, because because it was um you know their massive massive mistake. Then they needed to create a vaccine, and then of course Gardasil came out. And the, the amount of fraud that came along with Gardasil is just atrocious as well. And um, now that's out, and now they've got Gardasil 9, the next version of it, uh, out now. And it's now doing even more damage to people. Like you said, it's got even more aluminium in the vaccine as an adjuvant. Um, it's just, it's it's horrible. When people actually look into the information behind that and, and actually start digging, they quickly quickly start peeling back those layers of the onion and find out how much it really stinks but it's the trick is i think is getting people to actually start looking um because if we're very split wouldn't you say anita that this whole there's pro-vax and anti-vax and it's i don't even think there's many people on the fence anymore to be honest they're either for or against um but it's trying to convince someone who who hasn't given it any thought yet, and I wouldn't call them fence sitters because they're not actually thinking about it at all. But when it when they actually start getting some information in their face that that goes against what they're being told by the mainstream media and the government, I think then it starts to plant that seed of doubt and that that seed of of intrigue and wanting to find out a little bit more information about oh you know oh my kids they're due for their shot soon, but someone said this I might have a little bit more of a, a read about that and. Maybe I'll put off this round of shots first, you know, before I might might make do some research before I make my decision, and that's I guess what we're trying to to achieve with with mainly new parents, to be honest, because they're the ones that are having all the kids and, and got the young ones that are they're wanting to poison. Um, but look, the next big thing I wanted to talk about, and we did speak about this a while ago, and that is the adult immunization register now it used to be called the australian childhood vaccination register i believe and or sorry the australian immun australian childhood immunization register not vaccination um then they changed it a couple of years ago to just be the australian immunization register so they took the childhood part out of that there and we obviously all believed in in the independent and alternative media community that the reason because was they wanted to start then pushing adult vaccination and increasing adult vaccination rates because that's another thing that makes this whole herd immunity a myth is they start talking about childhood vaccination rates and saying yeah we're aiming for you know not that magical number of 95 or 93 percent or whatever the bullshit they make up but lo and behold all the adults who are around us we haven't had our booster shots you know what i mean so technically we're not um immune to anything of course we are it's fine but um you know so they're now pushing this adult immunization register now you're seeing a bit of this um coming about lately is that right yeah absolutely and it's 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 going global I mean, it's coming in australia it's been flagged in america as well we've known it's coming for a long time and it hasn't been a secret but no they want every single person vaccinated for everything they've got on the schedule and you know, they want mandatory vaccination of everything because once they can get mandatory vaccination laws in, whatever they say goes. So if they add another 10 vaccines to the schedule, you're all lining up for your 10 vaccines on the schedule or like no jab, no pay, no jab, no play. We're going to be having no jab, no job, no jab, no flights, probably no jab, no license, probably no jab, no public places. Like that's that's where it's heading. I know that sounds you know, very foreboding, but that's essentially where we're heading. And this this Australian Immunisation Register for the adults is is the next step in in that process. Yeah, and 
in, in people wonder, sorry, and people do wonder how they're going to yeah. how they're going to achieve that. You know, how how are they going to stop someone in a public place? You know, how are they going to check this stuff? Well, we all kind of forget that we're all walking around with um, a driver's license in our pocket with a chip on it. You know, that will just be loaded onto the chip. They could scan it as they're walking past you with an RFID reader, or you know, it could be loaded you know, information digitally stored on on your mobile device, which well, let's face it, everyone carries around with them everywhere. And it all takes us, you know, someone to have scanned that or worse comes to worse, you know, chipped under the skin. Who knows? But I mean, there will be ways that they can then work on that. And, and They will have ways and means. They would have worked this out a long time oh, absolutely. ago. I mean, and this is what gets me when people want to hide away and, and not speak up about this. They know everything about you. They know everything about you now. So, you know, playing small is not helping us. It's not helping anything. The only thing, you know, and people worry about being brave. Like it's a lot easier to be brave now before all this comes about than when it's in because when it's in, I don't know what be brave yeah. is going to look like. But that's why I just urge people, you know, speak up, do what you can. What, whatever it is you can do where you are with what you have, do that because this stuff is coming. And, it, you know, it's, it's not a joke and it's not science fiction anymore. It's coming. So, you know, keep that in mind. Yeah, can you imagine trying to be brave in China, like against the, um, you know, communist government over there? That's what I like, mean. Like, like we've got right it pretty now. good. Yeah, we've yeah. got it pretty good. Like we still can speak freely, sort of. I mean, I know we get censored, but really we are, as much as we're tyranny in a lot of ways, we are still a very free country and we got to fight like heck to keep it that way. Mm. Mm. I noticed your comment just before, um, Lee, about like um, – you know, like the future in regards to vaccines and mandatory vaccines. Like I just took a flight overseas, you know, like in the past few weeks going out and coming back in um, facial recognition um, photos um, that like drop into a database. So like I put my passport into a like the open part of my passport into an open scanner and then I stand in front of like a screen, and it takes a like a, analyzes my face. Digital scan. And then yeah. I'm a, that's leaving the country and coming back in. So every single like offshore traveler in and out of Australia, which would over the years, over you know, over the space of five years, which would, would you know would probably be ninety nine percent of the population, has got facial recognition data and their and their matching passport in the government database good to go can you imagine like that matched up with like um, you know um, health records Mm. um like facial recognition software on on public um you know security cameras and things like that all just tie into you know, like an Orwellian future. That's, I mean, the the technology and the software and everything is all good to go. And now, and now it's just like slowly drip feeding the political will into, you know, into this system. So, so yeah, it's, it's a scary future. And like Anita says, like it's it's time that people like um, get off their armchairs and get off their asses and try and trim off some of the apathy and, and like voice their concerns and, and get out there and, and support some rallies and, you know, um, get involved. Maybe maybe with this Vaxxed 2 coming up, you know, which is going to be like, I can tell you now, it'll be a big deal when it comes into Australia. Maybe maybe people, can, people listening to this podcast can maybe think about getting involved in that and their friends and family. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be huge. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, get, we'll, we'll definitely get on to um, how folks can can help um, with all this and, and, and getting with involved with the AVN in a moment. I just wanted to just quickly touch on that adult vaccination stuff again. And uh, Anita, you shared an article just recently, which was um, AMA calls for free catch-up vaccinations for adults. Um, do you want to... Have you... Um, have you got that article in front of you there by any chance? I don't have it in front of me, no, but I always smile when they say it's free as if taxpayers aren't paying for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And of course, if you're vaccine injured, it, if you're vaccine injured, it's not free because you're going to be the one funding your injury and looking after yourself if you become disabled. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, that's just it. I mean, where do we draw the lines? Because I remember hearing Dell Big Tree talk about this fact. You know, where do where do we draw the line at um, at who gets injured and who doesn't get injured with vaccines? You know, like when you start convincing, you know, like if if they said to you, oh, what was he saying? It was something like um, he had like a whole auditorium full of of like medical students and doctors or something. He was he was speaking to and um, you know he said, what if what if we could Everyone here could be, you know, completely, um, completely immune to, you know, a particular D disease, but we had to kill one person in this room. You know, would, who would agree with that? You know, and no one put their hands up. Of course, of course, the, mm. of course not. Well, of course, you wouldn't agree to that because, you know, because like well, that's you. But unfortunately, you all are agreeing to it if you if you are for vaccination because you know there there are they there is an expected death toll to these vaccines you know what i mean yeah so where do and you no draw- one sticks their hands up to volunteer for it yeah exactly where do you so where do you draw the line do you, do you draw the line at at 10 babies dying just to save you know or to stop a, a few hundred or a few thousand people you know not getting the chicken pox you know is it okay that 10 babies die and and then maybe some people don't get chickenpox. Like, where do you draw the line? To me, there is no. There shouldn't be drawing the line there. There should not be a line because you should, people should not be one dying. Be, yeah, one, one, one is too many. Be yeah, exactly, Andy. Yeah. You're right. One is too much. Well, yeah. it it always it always reminds me of you know back when you know they used to believe in the gods and they'd sacrifice people to the gods for a good crop or for rain or whatever. But I mean, at least then. The, the rest of the villagers knew that they were going to kill that person and acknowledge that person was getting sacrificed for that. With vaccination, you know, you, you sacrifice people to the gods, but you never acknowledge the sacrifice. You never know their names. You never see their faces. You're never exposed to that side. But I think that's the problem. Like if we had, like similar like to the Anzac Day parade, if we had parades every year for the vaccine injured and you had mothers wheeling their wheelchair-bound children or, you know, holding their seizing children or if you had mothers walking around the down the street with a photo of their child yeah. that had died from vaccines, you know, that that would be make it real for people i think the problem is is because a lot of these babies who are killed by vaccines you know they die silently at home and you never see their names and their faces you know it's it's not real to people i think until it usually happens to their child and that's the problem we face with the media you know our side doesn't exist therefore they don't exist and they don't have to acknowledge that and that's what we we always have to fight to overcome which is why vax 2 is going to be very powerful i think because it's going to show you know, just story after story after story. You know, there's over 7,000 signatures on that bus, you know, and they barely touch the US. So, you know, the level of damage out there is just, it's just astounding. Hey, Anita, do you think, like, if you're getting back onto our, like, conversation just now, like, in regards to um, the push towards vaccinating, uh, like, pregnant women, uh, my my conspiratorial brain is is telling me that um, you know like that if a child is born vac- born vaccine damaged from a from like medication that was given during pregnancy that would you know in a like from these people's point of view absolve them from any crime. Well, absolutely, because they I mean. were born that way, weren't they? You know, That's you're not right. going to see an so, obvious the decline yeah, in the not... child once it's born so absolutely right. if, if they're damaged in the womb how can you ever know you mm, can't well they were right. born that way well yes the vaccine did it well who knows but you know they were born that way just just take it there's, there's no research to prove that the vaccines in pregnancy do though of course there's not because they don't do the studies mm. yeah mm. yeah it's ridiculous but, but yeah it's awful. I, I'm, I'm thinking that from like if you're looking at it from a you know, a purely evil point of view or, or a company trying to completely cover all bases from, like, litigation or whatever, not that that's possible anyway, but, like, blame, if you like, then that's that would be the marketing reason why they're marketing towards pregnant women? Could you, like... I agree. Well, that, that's true, and they're that? another market. They're another market as Another market, well, yeah. Well, that's know. true, yeah. <laughs> they can't vaccinate anyone enough. But, I mean, I, I think a lot of pregnant women are refusing a lot of the shots, especially the flu shot, because, uh, you know, like I think that's why the big push is on. I think a lot of people are pushing back and not getting the vaccines. For for how scary the media propaganda is, I think it's really starting to bite them because 
they've just gone too far the other way. And I think enough people have had a flu shot and been sick and enough pregnant women have, have you know, the younger ones aren't so trusting of the mainstream media anyway. And as much mm. as they keep spouting these 95% vaccination rates, I don't think they're true. No. I mean, that's what they tell us. Me personally, I don't think it's anywhere near that, just anecdotally and what I can see. Well, and more, I think they're falling, the vaccination rate is falling like a stone and they are absolute blind panic. That's why they're censoring everything, you know. And I mean, they give us the stats and we've just got to believe them. Well, you know, let us have the stats because I don't believe them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more, actually. I I reckon, well, we know that 100%, it's just, it's pure propaganda saying that, whatever number they give you in, in terms of vaccination rates, you know, it's, you cannot believe it. Um, you know, you could do a poll in a community and find out their actual numbers yourself, you know, and be more accurate than what they're saying. But, um, yeah, I just find it, I think. Yeah, whole, well, I know just anecdotally in my own community. Yeah. Sorry, you go. No, no, you're, you're right. I, I agree. That's what I mean. Like in smaller communities, you know yourself, you know yourself. Yeah, well, I know just in the last few years how many mothers have come to me and stopped vaccinating, sadly, mostly because of their children having seizures or their children reacting very badly. But, you know, we're a small community and it's fairly conservative out here and there are a lot of people who have stopped vaccinating. So, I, you know, that's just a snapshot. But, you know, you hear a lot of people say that everywhere. You know, a lot of young mums that are birthing now say the midwives, you know, told them to research vaccines and all this sort of thing. So I think the groundswell is there. I just don't think the media you want to acknowledge it and you know as the saying goes the revolution will not be televised like they, they the media can't back down on this they've they've dug the hole they can't back down so you know expecting them to change their tune it, it's not going to happen yeah so well, you know, that the they're, main, they're in their death rows they are they're they're, they're you know, referred to as the dinosaur media you know because <laughs> i mean only morons sit at home watching you know the the nightly news every night you know and, and believing everything they see I can't even bring myself to watch it where I used to just try and tune in every now and again just to just to take notes on the propaganda they're pushing. But I, I'm just so sickened by what I hear every single night and even just the ads leading up to it, I can't even watch this ridiculousness. So, um, you know, obviously then they, they turn to things like social media to put their articles and things out there. But then, of course, we have droves and droves of people who are actually now countering with with the truth and, and making comments and you know they, they they couldn't they couldn't keep up with censoring the amount of people that come on and actually speak truth to the bullshit that they're putting out there so you're right it's uh not only are the vaccination rates probably declining but so is the popularity of the mainstream media itself and i think they know that the government knows that and hence the big push to like we talked about before, you know, uh, increasing, not only increasing the schedule, but increasing the amount of people they put on the schedule and making it mandatory or making it as as difficult as they can for people to avoid vaccination. Um, that's that's their agenda. And people have to look at why that is on the agenda. But um, look, what I wanted to, to move on to next, guys, is, is the, about the AVN itself. So maybe, uh, Anita, if you could just sort of uh, just spare a moment to just to chat to us about um, what is the AVN specifically and what's the direction the AVN is going to be heading into to, to 2020 um, and then uh, uh, wrap it up with um, how people can get on board and help out. Okay, well, the AVN was founded by Meryl Dory and several others back in 1904. It's actually been here 25 years and I actually asked Meryl the other day, you know, when you first started this, you know, what did you see with the AVN? She said, oh, I thought we'd only be required for a few years and then, you know, people would accept that we have a right to, you know, have, you know, not vaccinate and that would be that. She said she had no way of seeing what is happening now. She said she would have been absolutely gobsmacked back then if she could see this happening. But the AVN exists basically as a an advocate for people who believe they should have a choice when it comes to vaccination. And we, we supply a lot of information that, I guess the doctors don't show you. I mean, we have as lot as much information on our website as we can about vaccine ingredients, about the actual diseases we vaccinate for, about the history of it. We also supply things like um, lobbying packs that you can print out and take to your local politician. We we recommend that people go and see their local members of parliament to try and, you know, put their point of view across and make sure that their voices are heard. The AVN actually used to do a lot more lobbying than it does now, um, mainly because it's a lot. We're not most popular people in Canberra anymore, and it's it's hard to get indoors. Meryl, I mean, in 1998, it shows you to the different climate. Bob, 
Bob Brown actually helped Meryl and her friends, you know, neg neg navigate around uh, Parliament House to, to lobby for the conscientious objection clause, you know, and now... Bob Brown actually spoke in Parliament about, you know, how that, you know, people could have doubts about vaccines and the ingredients of vaccines, and that's on the Hansard record, and he actually denies saying any of that now, which is quite stunning. That is weird, yeah. So it was a different time, yeah. Um, so today we're more, I guess, we're mostly about providing people with information and bringing them more information. Like we thought bringing the vax to a hit was a very powerful, very powerful thing, and thank you to the mainstream media for advertising that every day because that sold us out that was the best thing they could have done the more they hated us the more tickets we sold um oh, yeah, it's good. so yeah so we'll, we'll be bringing vax too later in the year but i mean we still supply all that information and books we sell books and i always recommend people buy books because they're in hard copy and you know i, I wouldn't be surprised if books start getting banned that's you know that seems ridiculous but that's kind of where they're going there's a lot of virtual book book, uh, book burning now with you know what they're clearing off the internet so yep. I like having hard copies of thing. I'm a book nerd like that. I like having things I can pick up and read. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, we do. We try to, you know, keep people informed of the latest vaccine information and make sure people are up to date with, you know, what policies are coming in. We always write submissions to any of these, no jab, no pay, no jab, no play. We, um, we try for that. We did look into taking a court case against no jab, no pay, but the advice we received was, you know, it's, it's it's not you're not probably very likely that you're not going to get anywhere with this and it's going to cost you know hundreds of thousands of dollars which you know it was just too onerous we couldn't take that on we were very sad about that but Australian the Australian constitution is pretty pathetic and the way they worded the legislation you know they worded it very carefully so that's where we were with that but no we're still here fighting every day um as much as the New South Wales government would like to shut us down. I mean, they forced us to change our name. I mean, it was the Australian Vaccination Network and they tried to make us change that and Merrill took them to court and won. So they changed legislation so they should make us change our name. So that's why it was the Australian Vaccination Skeptics Network for a little while because they had a little list of names we could choose. We did actually apply to have our name changed to the Australian Vaccination Choice Network but that was turned down because they said that's not really who we are. We thought that was exactly who we are. <laughs> but they did accept Australian Vaccination Risks Network, so that's what we've got now. Okay. So, no, we, we, we're just here to provide information for people, really, and support and, you know, try to connect them with the groups they need and, yeah, bringing them vax too, which will be epic. Yeah, looking yeah. forward to that. That sounds, uh, sounds fantastic. So um, is that sort of what's on the cards for you know, moving forward into, into 2020? I mean, is there anything on the horizon that the AVN is a bit, um, bit wary of or is trying to keep their eye on in terms of what's, what's on the horizon in terms of vaccinations uh, you know, coming out for, um, for the Australian public? Uh, is, there, is anything like that on the cards at the moment? Uh, no, I mean... Not not anything above what's seen. I mean, you see the Victorian uh, governments just proposed that all frontline health workers are going to have, they, they want to make them all have at least the flu vaccine if they're going to be, you know, in the front line of healthcare or they're going to have to move into other positions. So that will be interesting. I'm pretty sure that'll get through. In so my personal opinion, I'm pretty sure the legislation's probably already written and it's going to go through just like that. I, I, I hope that's, I hope I'm wrong. I hope all those health professionals down there stand up and and stop that happening but i don't know yes the adult immunization register yep that's something we'll be looking at next year to see how hard they're going to push that um well well we our latest thing actually is our uh program called under the wire which meryl dory is actually hosting um it's every two weeks um sure next her next show will be on uh, next saturday um if you've seen it at all we've got a you know, Meryl's got a brilliant setup in her house. It looks amazing. It looks meant to be look like a bunker, and it does. It's amazing. <laughs> and she's hoping to not be like the high wire, but you know, bring Australian news every week, and also interview guests from overseas and in Australia every week, and sort of keep everyone up to date with everything that's happening. So that's really exciting. That's our latest project, which is really awesome. That's a great idea. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, and um, we, Meryl and I are also going to. Perth in a couple of weeks on the 16th of August and the 18th of August we've got the Robert Kennedy Jr. Gardasil screenings so yeah the 16th will be in Fremantle and the 18th will be in Albany 
and I hope everyone buys tickets to that. You can go to avn.org.au and the tickets are on the homepage. So, yeah, we hope to bring more people to that. Dr. Judy Wileyman will be on the Q&A panel and we're hoping to have a Skype guest Skype in from overseas, but that hasn't been confirmed yet. So we hope that happens because that's always a bonus. Absolutely. It sounds fantastic. That's really good. Good to see that those sort of things uh, are on the horizon that's, uh, that's coming up. And, um, yeah, look, any, anything uh, you guys want to sort of to put out there or if you want to use folks like myself uh, or Ethan at TOTT News, you know, we're more than happy to, to help put some information together and share that sort of stuff as well. So please feel free to keep us in mind and to feed it through to us because, uh, look, I guess increasing your reach and just putting – as much information out there and getting it to as many people as possible is probably key. So, um, yeah, we're here. Make sure you use us. <laughs> um, yeah, no, well, well, thank you because, you know, it's it's hard. Getting the message out is the hardest part. So thank you very much for, for doing all you do. It's very helpful. No worries, yeah. And like I said, we're absolutely happy to help. It's a good cause. And uh, as obviously, you know, with our track record, we've you know, Andy's been hooked up and linked with um, – you know, previous president Tasha and, um, you know, with regards to that, we, Andy did so much with RNA, you know, getting those videos, those, um, that documentary, sorry, uh, screened in this country. And I mean, so well done to, to Andy for, for doing that as well. He's put a lot of time and effort into that. Oh, and, um, that was amazing, it was, Andy. It was, it was, that was a, amazing. It was, it was a big team effort, guys. It wasn't just Andy. <laughs> Don't lie. It was, was all that, Andy. Actually, <laughs> actually, that was yeah, no. Um, no, actually, that that was a really, really like big thing with AVN at the time. Like everyone dug deep, and um, you know, because it was like it was a big fight on our hands during during that vaxed 1.0. Yeah. So, um, no, it was good, but it was good that you did that because you helped put RNA out there in connection with um, the AVN as yeah. well. So. It was good yeah. to sort of have us, you know, a, 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 an alternative media outlet, sort of linked up with with you know the AVN as an organisation, you know, sort of working hand in hand, and um, yeah, that's the sort of thing we need to encourage them. That's why I'm guess what I'm saying is just uh, yeah. just to recognise that there are people out there that are on your side as well. So make sure you use us. Yeah. Uh, that's all I can say. Can I, can I also say too, like for for people listening to this podcast. You know, when the AVN put on events like film events and things like that, it's not just a film event. It's it's a it's a place it's to networking. connect with like-minded people, okay? And it's a breath of air when you can, like, talk about the same things and you can just connect and, and share, you know, share contact details with other people in the room, you know? So... So yeah, it's much, much more than just a, a a film event. These things, it's connecting and networking with other very, very like-minded people. So you yeah. know, I encourage all of our listeners when when something comes up like this, you know, yeah, like, go along, come along, come along and meet us all, and and you know, and um, smile and have a laugh and share some experiences and actually just. Just, just connect with people. That's the main thing. You don't know this, Andy, but um, off off air on last episode that Ethan and I did, because you were you weren't there for that one. I was having a mm. chat to him, and I, I had an idea, and um, it was just exactly what you're talking about now. Um, we are going to do probably in a it won't be the next show, but I'm, hope, I'm hoping probably sometime in spring. Um, probably after my birthday, but anyway, we're, we are going to do a live show we're going to do a live podcast um so you me ethan and we're going to put it out there so that we can invite a whole bunch of people um and try and get as many of our followers and supporters who are obviously in, in brisbane or slash logan and, and we're going to pick a, a venue um could be a public place not too sure exactly yet but we're going to pick a venue and um and we're going to get you know as many people to come along you know get to get to know us get to meet us for you know get to meet the faces of this of the podcast and our websites and and have a chat to us and and sort of connect on that level and, and they're going to basically sort of be the audience for the um for the live podcast that we're going to do so um 
Yeah, it's going to be great. It's to, like you said, it's all about that networking, like-minded people. It's it's It really does put a smile on your face when you're actually talking about the same things and sharing that same key information and everyone's on board together. You really get a good positive vibe out of it. So um, that's one of the reasons yeah. we wanted to do that as well too. So look forward to that one, folks. Keep your ear to the ground for that one. And hey, look, if there's any AVN supporters that are listening to this, if, when you want to come along as well and meet some other folks, and then make sure you keep your ear to the ground for this information coming out uh, in a couple of months' time. So it should be good. Even if you're just sitting on the fence a little bit with the whole like conversation oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and about the subject, you know, like I think you'll learn some more, you know, your mind a little bit, yeah, and come along and talk to some people, yeah. and, you know, like there's like doctors and and lawyers and and like people like like talking at these events and stuff, like you know, it, it's it's amazing, you know, like you'll 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 get a lot out of it. Like it's not just a film; it never is. Yeah, it was really yeah, good. That's, it's it's that's awesome. A- yeah, and just hearing hearing the, I think hearing the stories from people who are directly affected. You know, that's one of the things I remembered about that the the first vax screening. Andy was hearing, you know, people who and seeing people and interviewing people that have had, you know, vaccine issues themselves yeah. or with their kids and stuff and you're you're sitting there talking to face to face these families and you know you can you can see the heartache and it's it's really it just brings it all home you know what i mean and um so that's really good i'm i'm glad that uh, the avn is going to help bring uh vaxxed to uh to australia as well so thanks so much uh anita we might uh, andy if you got anything else you wanted to to, to uh, ask anita before quickly, we did, go yeah did did we did we mention um polly at all oh no feel free to do that yep go uh, well, maybe Anita can uh, like um, like announce. That's what that. I mean. Sorry, yeah. Feel, feel free, Anita. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, now we released a press release from the AVN um, that Polly Tommy her ban from Australia has been quashed. She was banned after for the people that don't know after the last Vax tour, as she was leaving Australia, she was pulled aside by immigration and she was given a three year ban from Australia really essentially as a terrorist because it was under terrorism terrorism legislation that she was a threat to the peace and good order of Australia. Well, the AVN helped fund the fighting of that and it was quashed because the Australian government, of course, had no proof that she was a threat to Australia in any way. So she's, yeah, she's no longer banned from Australia. So that was a big win. That's awesome. That's so good. Yeah, right, Right at a wrong yeah wonderful yeah. thanks for letting us know that as well uh well i've got uh, i've got anything else uh, at the moment for for anita andy are you all you're all yeah. ready to go um i think i think we're pretty good to go guys it's like an hour and 24 minutes so far so we're going we're done pretty good yeah, yeah no, it's excellent. i've got chores to do people <laughs> <laughs> well before just before all we right, let yeah. you go if you want to just let uh, one more time know uh let no let people know uh how they can get in contact with either yourself or the avn and, and help support the things you do Yeah, our website is avn.org.au and we highly recommend that people go there and join our newsletter because if we do get banned off social media and those sorts of things, we really want to be in touch with people. You can also go to our shop and become a member. And to contact us, you contact us at AVN Inquiries, which is inquiries with an E, at avn.org.au. So, yeah. Awesome. Get in touch, people. Awesome. Thank you so much, Anita, for coming on uh, the show for episode 23 of the General Knowledge Podcast. Uh, We hope that uh, everyone out there does, um, like we said, help subscribe to not only to our podcast and all that sort of stuff, but make sure you're you're following along with the AVN and go and support those guys. They're doing a wonderful job helping to bring all this information to light that the uh, government and the mainstream media is not telling us. So thanks again to our guest, Anita Halfmeister, for coming onto the show. And uh, thanks again, Andy, for joining me today as well. Uh, Ethan, we hope you enjoyed the show listening uh, on the playback because... we, uh, we're wondering, I haven't heard from him, so I'm assuming he doesn't have uh, any power still. So <laughs> we'll catch him for the next one. Anyway, guys, uh, thanks again for the show. Thank thanks, you. Kid.